Honest, open, and vulnerable may contain adult language and material that is not suitable for listeners under 18. This is a stream of consciousness podcast that delves into an eclectic mix of topics. Audience discretion is advised. Welcome to episode 163 of Honest, Open, and Vulnerable. I'm Matthew. I'm Scarlett. And I'm Ryan. Uh, we definitely love uh, uh, feedback and comments. Uh, the e- easy way to do that is post a comment on our website, hovpodcast.net. And you can find me on Instagram at Colonel underscore Tux. That's K-E-R-N-E-L underscore T-U-X. Also, reach us via email, hovpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at Matthew Scribbles. And you can find us um, on Instagram at hovpodcast. And you can find my blog at the fuchsia letters.blogspot.com. That's F U C H I A L A T T R S. And um, you can find me on Instagram at in Scarlet Storm. Although, good luck finding me uh, posting there right now. But and hey, you said you said your uh, your uh, blo- your blog page correctly this time. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> and where, wherever you're uh, you're li- listening or wa- watching from, uh, please please do like like share and subscribe. Um, it it do- it does help help uh, help the show and in- introduce introduce it to uh, other people and whatnot. And uh, we we are once again we are coming coming uh, from the work in progress studio, which it still is. <laughs> I could have sworn I heard L A T. RS, but I could be mistaken. Eh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> progress, right? Yep. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe was that like mix, mix of a a e like uh, like at uh, enema. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> that reminds me of a meme I saw earlier this week that read a uh, tool cover art or. Cold medicine symptoms or something like that. <laughs> oh, nice! And we we do like to uh, start uh, ev- every uh, episode with our moments of squee. Uh, what do you have, uh, Matthew? So, I've got a couple of things uh, to kick things off for this edition of the podcast. Uh, you know, I wanted to start off with this this first thing, but I, I got some great news that I shared with both of you earlier before we went live. Uh, uh, a friend of mine, his brother, uh, his older brother, uh, Phil, shared with uh, with me that he uh, has a new addition to his family, brand new baby boy that was born a few days ago. So wanted to give a quick shout out for his brand new expansion pack in addition to his family. So congratulations and I'm very happy for you. Very nice. So that, that's the, that's the, the first thing I wanted to mention. Uh, the second thing is uh, a lot of, uh, oh, oh gosh, where do, how do I say this other than just, just saying it? You know, hey, uh, I took the plunge and I got a new phone. 
after a few years, I finally picked up a new phone. The the, uh, the the device finally came in a couple of weeks ago after I ordered it. It's it's a cool phone. I, I decided to go a little bit off board, and I, I ordered an internationally unlocked phone instead of going with something that was uh, here stateside, mainly because I don't want to have to fight in the war between Samsung and Apple because, quite frankly, the brand that I've been using for a long time I really like, and I'm a big fan of brand loyalty. So I don't want to just ditch my brand, even though the latest phone that they sold was never sold in this country. So I thought, well, we'll see how this works out. And it's been a little bit of a awkward transition because there was a lot of moving parts that had to take place behind the scenes. But for the most part, the camera has been great. The phone itself has been great. Um, no, no real complaints. Just uh, it was just a hassle, just trying to you know get the uh, get the plane to leave the runway, if you will. <laughs> so that that would be my my second one. The third took place earlier this week, where I was able to pull on a brand new a uh, brand new Avalanche sweater and go to uh, their practice facility in uh, the suburb of Centennial, which is. For those of you that are not native to the Denver metro area, it is southeast of the city proper. And go to the practice facility to see a four-on-four rookie scrimmage featuring the uh, prospects that the team has drafted over the last few years and some of their amateur players to do their you know do their thing. And it was good to be one in a in a facility that was cold because <laughs> oh yes, very hot and being able to kind of be back in my element among hockey-related things was a welcome sight to hear the the scrape of the the skates on the ice, to hear the puck bounce off the glass, or to see a really good good deke on a backhand breakaway goal. Things like that, like, oh, this is what it means when the (laughs) seasons are starting to change at last. So, a lot of little things. I mean, granted, the phone was kind of a big thing, and of course, you know, my my friend having his little boy, biggest of all. But a lot of little things and big things, you know, shape up till, you know, squee with a capital S. <laughs> so that that's pretty much where I am. Uh, what about uh, what about you guys? What do you got? Flip a coin. <laughs> okay so um i i may i may have uh talked uh talked about it on a pre- previous episode but um our our uh the culprit i i would say of of a lot of our uh technical sna- snafus in, in the in the past have uh been due to a uh share share drive um i i have a server i have a home server set set up for like you know for for me media and i i was also hold i had a uh, a, a a lot a lot of da- data sa- saved up for uh, to like share share across mul- multiple de- devices, and uh, af- after after a while it it would uh, so, so it, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to connect connect to it, and then and the local file file system just 
slam slammed the brakes on and caused a lot of crashes. And so I I had um, I had so I had to fig figure out a different solution. And I had a couple uh, spare hard drives lying around uh, with more than enough capacity. And so I had I had found a do a dock. Um, to and so, so I I start so I'm spent a fair amount of time mo moving all my data over over to them and you know and so so I spent about a ha half day kind of re rejiggering um, that that whole si situation and the uh, another so I no no longer have to deal deal with ha having to fut futz with with share drives and and now backups go a hell of a lot faster because <laughs> i because i also have uh another another uh extra a large you know external hard drive that i'm that i'm using using for backups and i am and so and also also related to that um the the, ah, <laughs> uh, those watching the video may may no, may noticed a another uh, or, organizer on the on the de desk to uh, desk to my left 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 here, and so that that's uh, really helped kind of or organize the work workspace. So yeah, those the uh, those were uh, my my moments of squee. And uh, how about you, Scarlett? Oh, I've had a rough couple of weeks. Um, but I have a couple of moments of squee. I uh, spoke to my brother. My brother, um, we have this weird, call it psychic connection, I guess. Um, he and I are not biologically related. And... Um, his mom married my dad when we were, well, I was two. He was 11, I think. And uh, we, we've been really close. So he, he always knows when I'm struggling, I guess. He doesn't, he and I do not see eye to eye about everything. But I can tell him anything, and he's not going to judge me. He might, but, you know, it's a big brother thing. He has some, some right to do that. But he and I talked for almost two hours the other night, and we talked about things that I'm writing. I'm writing a collection of essays about things that have happened to me in my lifetime, and uh, I, t I talk in great detail about my relationship with my dad. And um, I was able to talk to my brother to kind of put things in perspective that things that he could see that I wasn't quite old enough to understand. And yet he saw, and we were, and so it just gave a lot of validation to some of the stuff that I've been writing. And he hadn't even read my essays, so he had no idea. And now he's starting to go back and read my essays and I know I'm gonna get, I know he's gonna give me shit because of my um, it, rough draft, shall we say. Um, a few dangling parasables. Uh, yeah, a few, and, and I'm going, <laughs> Well, that's not even a full sentence. So yeah, so there there's some grammatical things that I need to go back and clean up, but um, it, it was just it was good validation that hey, what I really felt when I was growing up was actually real, 
And so um, that was a good, that, I would say that that was a good one. And then the other thing is, is I discovered truly.adventure.us. Go on there. You will fall into a black hole. Lots of really good articles about very obscure things. Um, such as the, the Legionnaires outbreak. I wrote about that today. Um, in 1979, I think, when they discovered Legionnaires disease. Um, things about uh, the, the Pillar of Fire cult um, that was uh, all the rage back in the turn of the century. Um, like 1860s, somewhere around in there. So just a lot of really good, interesting articles. I read a big article about Mary Reed and Anne Bonny, uh, female pirates, which some of the, I, I questioned some of the, I questioned some of the, uh, the facts that they put in there because I think that they, they could have done a little better job on that particular article, but it was just really, it was just really, um, it's a fun, it's a fun website. And, you know, don't do it if you're trying to do a quick read, because um, probably each article will take you at least close to an hour to dive into it. Um, that's how much detail is kind of put into it. So um, that was my moment of squeeze, discovering that as well. Because I love research. I love learning new things. So Truly adventurous? It's truly.adventure.us. There's no dot between truly and adventure. Yeah, yeah there is. I, I, no. I, I have, truly, I have this. It's trulyadventure.us. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> you are correct, sir. Work in progress, everybody. Yes. <laughs> hey, I got my own blog set. I set my own blog right this time. So. <laughs> so. I think it's your turn to speak, Matthew. Yes, it is. It's uh, been a long time coming. So buckle in because here we go. <laughs> I was all set up until about couple hours ago is all set to talk about a very specific set of things uh so graciously we're going to talk about a, a few, at least the big thing later on in this podcast so that gave me a little bit of a green light to clear the runway for what i'm about to share and this is something that i've i haven't discussed very openly on this podcast for a variety of reasons but it is something that I think all of us who have ever had a job and have had a boss that we felt was terrible can relate to. <laughs> so put on the pot of coffee, grab some popcorn, put your feet up, <laughs> buckle in. Something happened to me today. And it was something that didn't necessarily directly happen to me, but it was something I witnessed. And I've witnessed this twice. For the audio listeners, I'm holding up two fingers, and no, they're not both. <laughs> In the course of my illustrious career, I have seen what nobody should ever have to see with your colleagues. 
up until today, I saw my colleagues cry. And I've seen it twice, up until today. The reason why my colleagues broke into tears back then had to do with how they were treated by a very specific person in question who happened to be the supervisory um, person in charge. And this person uh, had a very specific way of dealing with her uh, subordinates and kindness was not that way, nor was the way of being understanding or offering of the tools to help someone be successful. We live in a world, and now for context, this this has happened. This happened within the last five years. A lot has happened in the last five years in regards to the working world. The pandemic, being of course the biggest one, has turned the light bulbs on for a lot of people who work jobs that they tolerate because it's what pays the bills and it's what keeps the, the roof over their head or the food in their fridge and their kids, you know, getting clothes to go to school pandemic has now been the light bulb for people to say you know what there's something else better out there for me than this and they go out to find it unfortunately that still leaves a bunch of uh, people who are in those roles to still inflict harm on those that are left behind or those that come into play when those jobs that were left open get filled We can all identify with somebody in our past, in our working career, where we had a supervisor or somebody that we were, we had to report to that got under our skin for a variety of reasons, be it personal, be it professional. There was always somebody that rubbed you the wrong way, and it was only that much more grating when it had to be somebody you had to report to because there was no other way around it. Unfortunately, two years ago, excuse me, let me rewind a little bit. The two people that I witnessed who cried in front of me those years ago, I know it wasn't two years ago, different story. Um, they came to me in confidence and confided in me about the treatment that they had experienced at the hands of this particular supervisor. One that I too had was a subordinate of and had to report to directly. I had, I lost count of how many times I had to go face to face, head to head with the, with this particular individual and have to defend my team, have to stand my ground over, you name it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't fun. It wasn't pretty but it was absolutely necessary. It didn't quite sound like the dog that's barking upstairs. <laughs> but I'll just leave the low-hanging fruit alone. <laughs> when I was witnessing these conversations, I realized this is wrong. And no one should made to feel 
so marginalized and trapped in a box where they feel that anytime they come into the office, they're mm-hmm. going to step into some repressive minefield for the duration of their shift, whatever length that happens to be. Day after day after day after day with no real hope that things will change. I made it my point back then to try to defend those people. I wanted to defend my colleagues. I wanted to defend the team that I was responsible for. And I, I feel I could have done a better job at times, but I also felt that it was a cause worthy of doing. If I would have shrunk away from it, I would be no better because I would be allowing this to go on unchecked. And that is wrong on a whole other level to look the other way. So when I saw the tears on my colleagues' faces back then, it, it, it made me feel a lot of different things. It made me feel rage and it made me feel sad for the way that my colleagues had felt that someone had done this to them and didn't care that this was happening. That there was just no compassion, there was no humanity, there was no remorse, none of that. It was all, simply put, strictly business, but in a very cold and calculating delivery. What kind of a workplace is that where people are reduced to a position number. Something that I witnessed on several occasions where vacancies would be talked about in terms of position number. And we didn't acknowledge the people who left by name. They were just, it was just position number whatever. A real person held that position. A real person did that task. Mm-hmm. And you're dehumanizing them. How inhuman can you be to take a person and reduce them to a number, a function, a role? In effect, a problem that needs to be solved. When I started my new job, I was hopeful that I wouldn't have to deal with such soulless management. Today I was proven wrong because one of my colleagues today, in the course of a conversation we had, also from her experiences, was brought to tears. And this person's a relatively recent addition to the team. And it bothers me greatly that even from going from where I was to where I am now, there are still 
people in positions of supervisory power and influence, no matter where you are or what you do, that just don't have the capacity to treat people as people. There is a certain understanding that yes, you have a team that has a supervisor and there is that relationship where you report to somebody who asks you to do a certain set of tasks. And then if there are tasks that aren't met satisfactorily, you adjust accordingly and you try to train, you try to coach, you try to improve. But there are certain people out there in this world that just do not and should not find themselves rather let me let me start that over they should do not and should not find themselves in that role because it is dangerous it is dangerous to the teams that they lead and it is dangerous to the psyche of the people that are in those positions and it's dangerous to the overall cohesion and chemistry of that work unit to be able to perform at the level that it needs to perform to be at our best. And when you have somebody in that supervisory role that wants to make it clear that they are in charge and that what they say goes and what no matter what, they're going to be on your ass for the littlest mistake that you make. That is not leadership. That is not. That's being a bully. Exactly. And workplaces that tolerate and even worse, reward that mm -hmm. behavior. Mm -hmm. Have a culture problem. And they may ask themselves, why are people leaving? Certainly, it's not because of us. We do a great job. We do these things. We are, we took all of these highbrow training courses about team building and unity and leadership and inspiration. And yet there's a disconnect between the people who are hired to lead and the people who lead without being in the role, air quotes, a leader. Your leaders are in your own office and they don't need titles. They don't need that type of pedestal to be on. If they are true leaders, they will lead and people will respect them and they will follow them because they will guide, they will coach, and they will defend. A supervisor that does none of those things will have no respect and will have a certain level of performance, yes, that can be seen as successful, but it will never truly be a team. Right. What team is it that doesn't respect a supervisor that won't lead? And what kind of supervisor disrespects its colleagues? 
And the fact that I saw this happen today, where one of my colleagues was brought to tears, I can't begin to tell you how disappointed I was to see this happen again. I thought the last time would have been the last time. And now, the last time is now. The last time is now. And I'm very mad. I'm very mad about this. Everybody if, would handle this situation differently based on how they react to things. My reaction to, if it were me, would be, would be, it would be one where I would feel very, almost betrayed, if you will, because I'm here to do a job, and I'm here to do that job well, and I believe I am good at my job. And I have a lot of numbers that back up that claim. It's not just, well, I'm good because I say I am. I can say I am because I have the numbers that back that up. So when you have somebody who is above you say, nah, you need to work on pull out the laundry list. Wait a minute. There's something wrong here. If these are problems, why aren't these being addressed? That's not leading. That's criticizing. And that's not development. Are you going to help me succeed and give me the tools? Or are you going to be an impediment to my success? What kind of leader are you going to be? And in this in this instance, I saw someone who is brilliant and capable and ready to aspire for more and be successful, marginalized and put in a box. There's a saying I've seen on more than one occasion that people don't leave jobs, they leave managers. Mm -hmm. So when will people open their eyes and say, we've noticed a pattern. We've noticed a pattern where people on a specific group keep leaving. Mm -hmm. Why? Why is that? And how can we address that? It's not just because it's a bad fit. There's something more than that. At times you have to realize if you see multiple people leave a team, we'll say within the course of 18 months, because we'll call that the pandemic time right now. Mm -hmm. Within the course of the 18 months, and you've tried to put somebody else there and it didn't work. You put somebody else in that role, and it didn't work. You put somebody else in that role, it didn't work. Is it because of the person, or is it the person who's leading that person? Who's responsible? What kind of leader loses that many people in 18 months? 
Now, granted, not every situation is black and white. Mm -hmm. There are, and as we've seen with the pandemic, people have woken up and they've said, nah, this ain't for me anymore. And bye, out they go. And is that a reflection on leadership? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they really truly want to pursue something they want to do with their lives. How many of us want to do the kind of work we're doing, Ryan? Keep your hand down because I know you're doing the work you want to do. <laughs> well, not quite. A lot, of us aren't, a lot of us aren't that lucky. And some of us are. Ryan, you're probably the luckiest person on this podcast right now. Because <laughs> you do what you love. But the re- and then there's the rest of us who wish we could do that. And some of us who are brave enough to actually try. So if it's a leadership issue, identify the problems with the leadership and fix them. Don't put people who you know have had a history of being ill-equipped to handle a team. Mm -hmm. If there are other factors going on, say, for example, you have a colleague who has personal problems at home and their their only escape is to be at work because everything that's outside of the of of the working world is taking such a toll on them that's where you as a leadership can coach and be understanding and be empathetic be a leader And the fact that I saw this happen again today, it made me feel very sad because now I may not be in a supervisory capacity, but I have been a leader in, in, in my time. I haven't needed a title. Quite frankly, there are times I never really wanted one, but sometimes the mantle of leadership gets thrust upon you. And when you see people who are hurting it's wrong to let them hurt without helping them. Hmm. So if any of you listening to this out there take anything away from what I have said, I guess make it this that if you have somebody that you report to that isn't a leader, become that leader. You may not be a supervisor per se, but be a leader. Defend your team, support your team, coach your team. And if you have to roll up your sleeves and go have those awkward and difficult conversations, you have them. It doesn't mean you have to go head-to-head with your supervisor you don't like. (laughs) That's what human resources is for. But talk to somebody. Don't let the situation continue to fester without some sort of way to say, "I, I am speaking out against this because it's wrong. Because if it happened to this person... It's going to happen to somebody else and it's going to happen to somebody else 
and then somebody who sees this behavior is going to think it's okay to treat right. people this way. Right. And then it's going to happen to somebody else, and to somebody else, and then to somebody else. And then it becomes an environment where that level of abuse, it's abuse, mm -hmm. is tolerated, it's accepted, and in the most heinous of circumstances, rewarded. Be a leader. Stand up for your team. Stand up for yourself. Mm -hmm. It may it may suck to have those conversations, and I've had a lot of those conversations <laughs> that all of them have sucked leading up to this job I'm in now. And I've been very lucky to have conversations where I've been heard and I have been felt that my concerns have been recognized. And at that point, that's when you hopefully start seeing changes take place. Because ultimately, you if you voice your opinion, you stand your ground, you do all of those things, and nothing has changed, that's when you make the change. Because you deserve better. And in, in the... In in the past, I have worked at pla places like what you described, and just based on my ex my experience, um, the those places do not ask why are these people leaving. They simply say, "Desk operator three twenty eight could it uh, could." Couldn't couldn't handle it. Let's let's hire a de desk operator three twenty nine. And that I again that this is just based on my my own exper my own experience. But the places that ask those questions, why 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 have we seen two two or three pe people le leave within within the within the past x amount of time? They don't operate like that. Because they're self-reflective, they're self. They're, they're, they look. They look into the business practices that drive people away. You look like you're about to say something, Scarlett. <laughs> okay, so. I've talked about Company X. I've talked about them in glowing terms. I've talked about them in. I hate my job kind of thing, but um, I, in the last 18 months, I will show you, I, I will personally tell you that I have the most amazing job and it has nothing to do with what I do. I work in the tourist industry, not exciting, but you know what it is, is that I stay because of my team, because of my leadership, because of the support, because they wanted to make sure, hey, how are you feeling? Because of all my, you know, let's make it where you can go home and work. We don't want you in here where you're going to be exposed to all this crud um, where you could die. We don't want that. Um, here, we're going to give you a raise. Um, there's been some really good things that have happened over the last year and a half. One thing is we did have a team lead. We had to kick to the curb because of the abuse you're talking about. 
Um, the, the, the new supervisor came in. She was supposed to work with him. She was working counter against him. She was mad because he took what she felt was her job. Um, what she didn't realize is that all of us would have quit had she gotten that job. And I think management realized that um, because she wasn't, she wasn't a leader. She was a bully. Um, and uh, then to have my supervisor I have now is just absolutely amazing. You talk about leadership and you talk about rallying, you know, hey, I'm going to teach you, I'm going to give you the tools to do your job, and then I'm going to step back and let you do it. If you need me, I'm right here. If you don't, I'm not going to hold your hand and coddle you. If you need a little extra attention, if you need a little one-on-one, -on -one, I'm here, but I'm not, I'm not going to babysit you. Um, micromanagement, not his style at all. And I think I was a little leery about, okay, is this going to be a good fit? And I got to tell you, he's amazing. It, it, I won't work anywhere else at this point. So I've had the exact opposite um, in the last 18 months. And I've worked for this, I've worked for this company for probably what, twice that. So um, that just, it's just a, um, if it wasn't for the fact I was able to work from home, I would not be able to work, A. B, um, the team is just amazing, and they've, they're amazingly supportive. If I'm out for a day or two, I come back, and they're all instant messaging me, hey, how are you feeling? Um, you know, is there anything we can do? Um, you know, those kind of things, they, they, we're like a team, and there are people that I, on my team I haven't even met physically because I don't go into the office. And it just, and, and yet... We have this amazing, I don't know, camaraderie, com camaraderie? Is, that the, is that the right word I'm trying to look for? That we just, we, we support each other emotionally and we stand up for each other. If something, you know, hey, that's not, how would you handle this? I just had this weird situation. I handled it this way. How would you handle it? So we kind of bounce things off of each other. Um, so I just, I, I, for the company I work for now, I have had both sides of that. And the one that was the bully didn't last, which should tell you something. It tells me, it shows me a lot because I think that true colors come out when there's, when there's some conflict, how it gets handled is showing the, the entire makeup of your company because if you get behind your people and you stand up to the bully you're going to keep your people and yeah maybe maybe my position my position is not for everybody um my my department is, does a lot of different things and some people get really overwhelmed and go oh i can't do this well hey let's find a different department for you we don't want to lose you as a company let's find a good fit for you. And so I just think that they, I think that company X has, has a pretty good model of how to do business and how to, if you keep your people happy, you're going to get more at, I, what am I trying to say? It's like if you, if, if bad behavior is not going to be rewarded but you being persevering and showing up and doing, and I, I'm the first to say, I, I tell my supervisor every, you know, if I'm having a bad day, I'm like, dude, I'm, 
I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not feeling good. I'm not, you know, I'm not in my right mind. I didn't sleep well last night, whatever the situation is. And he's always, you know what? You showed up. Thank you for just showing up and doing what you got to do. And so just, you know, I, I think that it is in every way the approach. And I look at the team lead before and I look at who we have now. And it's like, yeah, it, it's different as night and day. So I, when you were describing the bad leader, I was thinking I, I could see her in my head. And you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. I could see her in my head. And yet who I have now is just we have an amazing team. And we don't lose people on our team. They, I waited two and a half years to be on that team. And it was just, um, it, it's something that um, I, I, as, you know, lack of a better term, for professionally, I think being a professional is that you, you do stick by your team and you, that is being a leader, whether you're in management, whether you get the accolades or the title or the pay or whatever, you're still getting, you're just doing your job. And that's how it's supposed to be. Unfortunately, it's not a perfect world. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, hey, my supervisor does an amazing job and it is an amazing leader, and I, but I see total polar opposite too so it just makes me know that I'm supposed to be with this company and that I had some doubts about the CEO um, but he's really he's kind of surprised me I think that he kind of has it in his head hey keep our people happy and they keep our they keep our uh, customers happy too and also let let the let the let let the record show that I did not actually I did not raise my hand when Matt Matthew po <laughs> posed that question because I'm not quite do, doing what do I want what I want what I want want to do but I I do I I definitely acknowledge and re recognize that I am on the pathway there but that <laughs> for for the for those that are watching the video and sitting sitting there all confused is like wait a second Ryan, I didn't see Ryan raise his hand <laughs> but one day they will <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly <laughs> So and anyway, um, so now that we've ta talked about that that heavy topic, how, how about uh, 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 how about something fun? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I've been doing a lot of uh, writing lately because I'm I'm putting together this book and and um, I've been wanting to write this book for a really long time and it just never has been the right time, and I feel like that now is the time I'm supposed to do it. However, in preparing for this, I have to go back into some really heavy topics, um, some really heavy stuff that has happened to me in my life um, that leads up to PTSD and a bunch of other stuff. And, and uh, so in the process of doing this, I um, wrote an essay back in 2012, I think. And it was called Fear and Loathing in Colorado or something like it. And you can find it on my blog at, uh, at uh, the Fuchsia Letters. 
www.blogspot.com. And uh, I just want to read, I'm, I'm not going to read all of this. I'm not, I'm going to glance right over this. But basically, um, in 2014, Colorado was ranked eighth in the country for suicide rates. Number three reason for death in the state and number two reason for deaths among adolescents in Colorado. Those have gone up. Right now, I believe that we are ranked number six, I believe. Um, so it, it was pretty disturbing. And anyway, I was writing about um, what to do when you have somebody who's struggling, who's a friend of yours, who's reaching out to you, and you don't, you don't feel equipped to give them a helping hand. And uh, one of the things that I, that I wanted to, I, I just want to talk about two really quick organizations that are nonprofit that work with adolescents who are contemplating suicide. Um, one would be Second Wind. Um, they work with adults as well, but their, their focus is adolescents. And then the other one is Urban Peak. Urban Peak works with uh, GLBTA um, youth who have been disowned and homeless as a result of uh, um, sexual identity. And so it's just really, um, I wanted to give kudos to those two organizations um, because I think that um, they're giving help that is much needed. And you know, there are churches that'll do the same thing. What I like about Second Wind and Urban Peak is they're not religion or church-based um, because I think I'm a Christian. I've said this before, but as a Christian, I can tell you that we have a tendency to want to give pat little answers and 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 give little platitudes and say God loves you and 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 it, it, it makes you think. Well, okay, God may love me, but that doesn't take away the pain I'm in right now, and it causes a lot. I think that it it does more harm than good when you're when you're just kind of glossing over what's going on. So if you get a chance, read Fear and Loathing in Colorado. Um, or something like it, and uh, there's some good parts. There, there's some parts that'll make you laugh too, but uh, it it uh, it just made me think about Second Wind and Urban Peak and the kind of work they're doing. So that I, I just wanted to give kudos to them. And and organizations like that like that are are deaf are deaf are very much needed especially i mean especially you know in a post -pan post pandemic world mm -hmm. for sure mm -hmm. so that's i just wanted to mention that that didn't sound fun <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't but. supposed to be fun <laughs> But um, some something that ki kind of uh, ties in a little uh, tangentially. Um, some, some. Blood. I'm sorry. <laughs> Poss possibly. Uh -huh. <laughs> I mean, I it, I guess it all depends on your on your definition of fun, I suppose. But um, it's it's a documentary that I that I wanted to bring bring atten attention to um it is uh, a netflix doc documentary uh called the social dilemma and until um through the end of september they're making it available for free on youtube 
So you do not need a Netflix account to watch it, although I'm, I'm sure it'll be available on Netflix after, after they take it down off of YouTube. But um, what and and actually we we've touched touched on touch, touched on this on a pre, on a previous ep, episode act, actually um but the in this documentary they they inter, interview uh pe- people that worked at the these social social media companies like either like as an engineer or you know head of pro- product de- development or you know pe- people that were in the in the trenches of developing develop building these platforms i mean one one of one one of them in the lo- lower third said that he that that he, he invented the like button on facebook <laughs> <laughs> and they talk about the the nefarious nature of how these uh how 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 these platforms are designed and in ter- in terms of like be- being designed to ban- manipulate and of uh, ma- manipulate your behavior and the and uh it's a- it's actually it's done very creatively in terms of illus- in in terms of illustrating what they're talking about um they interspersed uh between the the inter- interviews they uh have a fa- family um that there's they they have like three kids uh, a son and two two daughters one one daughter doesn't have a smartphone she's st- she just uses a regular flip phone and then the 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 the, the other daughter and the, and the son are both are both they're they're both addicted to their smartphones and they talk about uh, they 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 use a pro- product. Uh, I think it's called the Kitchen Safe. I think I think it's called. Um, don't don't quote me on the name, but what it is, it's uh, a plastic bin with a with a lid that seals, and you put a timer on it, and it doesn't unlock until that time until the timer runs out. And and at, at one point they're like, all right, we're trying this. Are are they 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 have like having a sit down dinner, and the mom the mom says, all right, everyone put your phone in here, and then set you know sets the timer for an hour, and then and uh, at at one the the uh, the da- daughter like act like take takes a wrench and like break and then you know breaks it open and uh, I, i'm starting to get into spoiler territory here but um it they they have a in this documentary it's a very create they they choose a very creative way of il- illustrating like how like the again how how the des- design of the um of of these platforms man, not just influence but full full on manip, manipulate your how how you how you behave and and um as 
I know I know we talked about uh, the the same kind of like overall topic like two or three episodes ago. I think it's like something about good to take breaks. I think I think was the mm-hmm. was the show title, and uh, in in this documentary, like pretty much everyone that they interviewed said that they don't that they don't let their own kids u- use social media, and um, in the in in during during the end credits, I mean, I'm not. Uh, I'll be I'll be very. Um, I I don't I, again I don't want to put any spoilers because it really is a good documentary, um, but in the end credits they all they all kind of give uh, good takeaways as far as like how how to kind of fight fight not fight against the current but not um, not be taken by the current at as it were as far as like little like little cha- changes in our behavior that that um that kind of null- nullify these the these manipulations that that these plat- platforms are are doing so um i it's it's very it's uh as, as i said the this old uh, the documentary will be available on YouTube until the end end of this month. So, um, uh, if if I if I put if I put a link link in the if, if I put a link in the show notes, then at some point the link's just gonna go nowhere. <laughs> but it's very if you put in the social dilemma or it's it's on you know it's on YouTube on the net on. Netflix's own channel. I mean, Netflix has a channel on YouTube, so um, so yeah, it, it's very it's very easy it's very easy to find. And um, part actually the the way that this t- ties into Second Wind and Urban Peak is at at one point they show the suicide rates of young girls, specifically like 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 6 6 to 10 and 12 to 16 and they showed a chart across a number of years and i'd i'd say like 2006 2008 or so um that's kind of when a lot of these social media platforms took took off that up until that point the uh the suicide rate was pretty flat and again, some I, I'm a little hazy on the on the actual year, but that that's about the time time period that it that showed. At that at that point, the suicide rates just took took off ex, exponentially because of the way that these particular platforms play with the with with the the self the self-esteem of of young of young kids so so yeah i just wanted to put put that out there don't give me that look (laughs) what you look like you were about to say something i'm not sure (laughs) Matt looks like he's gonna say something. 
I'm just wondering, and I'll have to watch the documentary. Is yeah. uh, and you obviously seen it, so you could answer this question. But um, throughout the course of this, are there any? Do they have anybody that's uh, in the field of psychology talking about this stuff? Or Philip Zimbardo talks about this. Um, you can do. You can get his TED talk. It's Zimbardo. Z i m b a r d o. He is a leading. Uh, psychologist, psych, um, he is the reason why we do not do human testing anymore for psychological, uh, psychological. What, what wasn't he like the head of that Stanford test Stam- of that Stanford, prison thing? Stanford prison project. Check it out. Oh, it'll blow your mind. Um, we'll talk about that in another episode because I could go on forever about that. But Philip Zabardo does a couple of uh, TED Talks where he talks about um, boys finding their identity and not being, you know, um, what happens to, to masculinity as it, it is it, in, in conjunction with some of the... Uh, uh, social media that's out there and some of that, uh, some things like that. Um, but he talks, Philip Zimbardo does um, some amazing, he's done some amazing testing on that. But because of the Stanford Prison Project, they no longer allow, that's why we don't do human testing anymore. Um, we don't use human test subjects for psychological testing. Um, he's my favorite psychologist ever, and I have. Uh, two degrees in sociology. So I uh, definitely am a big supporter of his. But yes, Philip Zimbardo, Z-I-M-B-A-R-D-O. Check him out. I mean, I mean, specifically in this documentary, do they have people who deal in that or... I don't. I don't rem- remember if they. Um, it, it's been. It's been a. It's been a. Uh, a, a few weeks since, since I since I've watched it. So there. There is a. I, I would say there's a non-zero possibility that that they did that they did br- bring in some someone with with um you know that that kind of uh pet pedigree i just i just can't remember off, off the off the top top of my head but um it i i i i think what bring, what brings it cred, credibility is that they did they did talk talk to people that were in the in the trenches and and built building this stuff so they so they have like firsthand they they were actually either writing or re- reading the the source code that was actually make making this stuff but you you do you do bring up a a, a, a valid point that um there 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 definitely needs to i mean like Psychologists def- definitely need. To, I mean, the yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll agree that there, you know, the data science from the tech standpoint is there and it's quantifiable. But I think there also needs to be that data data science from psychology to yeah. illustrate how that's played out with people. So I think it's worth checking out. But I also I, would feel more readily. Uh, I, I would feel more willing to uh, ex- accept it as plausible if there's also that 
buy-in from the psychological community as well. I'm and and I'm sure the data there from from the tech side will will tell a lot. But I think having that extra piece really could make this a very compelling thing for people because it's everywhere now. You can't even in this own podcast mm-hmm. we 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 drop social media references all the time. Mm-hmm. Go back 15 years to 2006 and you're not going to find any of that maybe YouTube if you're lucky, but <laughs> MySpace any, <laughs> you're not going to find any of this vernacular that we talk about with retweets um uh, uh crowdfunding um mm-hmm. whatever you whatever terms you want to use none of that was there so it's and it got me thinking six years old why is a six-year-old on social media that that's a parenting issue mm-hmm. right Oh, yeah. That just blows my mind. Yep. And I think it, it shows, okay, so psychology is dealing with individual. That's, that's one thing. What fascinates me about sociology, it's studying groups of people and why groups of people behave the way that they do. And it's, it's, so it's basically psychology is here, sociology is here. We kind of meet in the middle. We come from... We come from opposite ends of the same spectrum. You kind of meet in the middle. But what I find fascinating about sociology is groups of people and what drives them. Um, I'll tell you the thing I don't like about my company is their marketing ploys. I like to strangle every last marketing person out there. Um, And if you are one, I apologize. But it's all in not what you say, but how you say it to get you to kind of twist um we, we send out all this marketing all the time that says hey this this is going to get your your xyz is getting ready ready to expire what they really want you to do is call in and and they never had xyz so what they're doing and and it's it's the way it's worded and it's it's, it's slimy but it, it it's this manipulative little thing and that's what i don't like about all companies do it. I mean, all of them. And it just, it's, it's the way that it's uh, presented. And just one or two little words can, or I get calls all the time. Oh, is this going to be canceled? Because I got this renewal notice and, and I'm going, no, you're, you're good until 2025. Why are you <laughs> even freaking out? And so it's, it's things like that that just um, irritate me. But it does have to do with, with how groups of people behave and how they can be manipulated by social media, by, by advertising. I, I, I think about, okay, I'm an AJ, I'm, I'm an America's Got Talent addict. And last season, do you remember the guy who did the big smiley no. face? Do you remember? Okay, so there's this guy <laughs> who was a illusionist, basically. And he, got, he basically used a marketing tool to get everybody to... He gave him. Do you remember that guy who did the big smiley faces? Vaguely. Okay. So, I, I I really don't pay attention to it as much as you do. I know I'm addicted. <laughs> uh, but but basically, this guy was using. He's an illusionist, and he got everybody, basically the whole audience, to basically focus in on this one thing, and it was a big smiley face at the end. Um, go back and watch it if you want to see the actual illusion. But he basically says, "No, I didn't do an illusion. I gave you." 
I gave you signals to see what I want. I, you, you thought the things I wanted you to think. And it's because of the way marketing it. And he says, I'm going to use it a marketing tool. And he basically broke down marketing. And I thought it was brilliant. And I can't think of the guy's name. But it was last season. Um, definitely check that out about the marketing, the marketing illusion guy. But um, it, I don't know what my point was. <laughs> my point was that, um, you know, th that, that groups of people do get manipulated. And it's because, like you said, Six, what, what are kids six to nine doing? They can't have their phones in their classrooms, so why are they having, I, I, that just never has made sense to me. It is, like you said, it's like a parenting issue. It, there, are, there are parents who wanna have their television parent their kids. Um, I well, just you and know. well and 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 plus I mean I it, it's kind it's kind of like you know that that clip clip of fam, Family Guy when Lois is trying to take a nap and Stewie's like Mama 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 Mom only it's like but but Johnny's on Snapchat why can't I be on Snapchat and 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 you know and but yeah. So, I mean, it's Lots kind of, of it's kind pressure. of a make, yeah, peer, yeah peer pressure and parenting thing, yeah. Well, it's an indicative. I think I think it's indicative of how our society has become. It, it's a breakdown of society because you know when I grew up, I'm I'm a little older than you guys, not by much, but you know when when I grew up, nothing, no. And even if it did exist, believe me, my parents would not have said, oh, you can be on social media all you want. No. Um, it, I mean, social media, okay, so the internet really didn't come along until I was a senior in high school. Yeah. Okay, so that tells you, and I'm, and so. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm blue now. Um, but it just, um, I remember I took a, a course in social science, or not social science, uh, computer science. And I remember we had to do the little math to get the graphs, to do the little dots, to do the, uh, and, and, and it's so rudimentary now mm -hmm. that you go, why? I mean, because kids today don't do that. Um, the one thing they probably do do is they, they probably still do play Oregon Trail. Um, so, you know, just things like that, that just, um, they'd have to buy a 20, 20 year old computer in order to run it though. <laughs> uh, maybe even 25. I mean, you know, so it just, it, it, it just amazes me. And in the last, we were talking about five years, look at the technology that has come out of the last five years. Mm -hmm. It's quicker than it's ever been before. So it just, I, I, I think that we live in a different world. But I also think that it is indicative of how the society just has, you know, you think a pandemic would bring people together, and actually it's bringing out the worst in people. Um, new scammers, new scams, more, more elaborate scams, not to even, just to mess with you because somebody's bored. Um, it, this kind of thing is happening, and it's just, no, we should be pulling together and helping each other not tearing each other down. And I think it just, it has, I think a lot of it is rooted in, I don't want to say social media is the root of all evil because that's not what I'm saying, but there has to be a balance somewhere. 
if that makes sense. Let's bring ballots to the full. <laughs> I think we should talk about something funner. Um, well, it's it's up to it's up to you, Matt. If you want to, if you want to, where are we at on time? Um, <laughs> I got yeah. It's late. It's, it's late. <laughs> but we, could, we could do we could do a five minute. We could do a recap. Look at that look. Go ahead, Matt. Just just don't pay attention to the man behind the, the, the. I d I d I I know, know I know I know I know what have the, I, I know what topic you're you're right. talking about and I know how much that, that means to Matthew. And I don't I don't Let's think five minutes is enough. Let's table it because I do want to talk about it. Um but uh yeah, I think you're right. I don't think we have enough time to devote. It needs room to breathe. <laughs> I should have let, let off with this. <laughs> <laughs> it'll it'll just it'll just give everyone a, cha- a chance to, uh, to re- reason to tune into our next episode. Yes, it'll be a lot lighter than this one. Okay, this one was a little heavy. Yeah, no kidding. This so, one got pretty. I won't say dark. It just was very <laughs> weighty. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> There's a lot to a lot of weight to this one. So, uh, so yeah, we we. Oh, that's Ron Button, Ryan. Oh my <laughs> god! I get to lead off again. All right. <laughs> okay. As I said, it's late <laughs> for me. For me, anyway. I yeah. Okay, there we go. All right, we do. Th- we do thank you for lis- listening or watching, and we do appreciate any feedback. Uh, please comment using the channels found on hovpodcast.net, and please check out our YouTube channel at bit.ly/hovpodcast_youtube, all lowercase. And if you want to stay up to date, uh, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or TuneIn. And now you know why last week would not have been good. (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, let that's not why it wouldn't have been good last week, but, um, okay, that's one reason why it wouldn't have been good. <laughs> okay. But, uh, honestly, this, this one, I wasn't like, don't, um, I, I was so like caught, caught up in the conversation. I just, I didn't like write down like any phrases that were that root. So, um, what, what, what are your thoughts as far as far as the show title? Is there a, a, a proper way to spell that <laughs> No, it's I'm. <laughs> okay, is that one one A or two? A? <laughs> yeah, you could do that. I'm indiscriminately. Yeah, I don't know. I'm indiscriminately. Dot dot dot. Indiscriminately, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fill in your own blank. (laughs) 
Well, what's a common theme that we discuss? I think I, I think, I think, we I need think s- there's something there that we can find mm-hmm. that's positive. I was going to say something about irony, about, you know, don't don't um, turn off all your social media. Just keep us on because. <laughs> <laughs> well, They're I did say. Now, I did say I did say that.